0: Welcome back to the wide world of war gaming. As always, I am your host Alex Gonzalez with my fellow co-hosts John and Jeremy. Garrett's feeling a little under the weather today, but you know we have a lot to talk about. This is going to be all centered around SoCal Open, uh, which is just a week away or, or one weekend away, rather. Um, John, what's on your workbench?
1: Hey, how's it going, Alex? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I am getting ready for the SoCal Open in the best of ways, so uh, I'm on my second day in a row with the uh, Glenlivet uh, 12, and I think I might have a little bit of that each night this week just to make sure I'm uh, properly prepared for the tournament this weekend. Uh, beyond that, uh, I've been playing a lot of practice games. We'll talk a little bit about those later. Been playing the the packet for the SoCal Open. And uh, believe it or not, amongst all those other games, I managed to join an Age of Sigmar event on Sunday. It was a little two-round narrative event called Orktober with uh, fun narrative events and even though it was a thousand points I still managed to sneak in the core of my SoCal Open so it actually worked out for a little bit of practice for me as well and uh, that is pretty much my week and what I've been up to other than that I've been carefully tending the hot peppers in my garden preparing making sure that the one that is just for you alex is getting lots of sunshine (laughs) and has a nice nice golden color to it and uh and that is it uh how about you jeremy uh what have you been up to lately
2: uh, well, this uh, weekend, uh, for some of you who might have uh, you know heard, I was uh, formally invited to Team America for next year. So my weekend bench, where <laughs> yeah. Blanche has wow. been kind of celebrating for the fact that I'm going to be going to Luxembourg next year to uh, play for, represent the only country that matters, America, uh, <laughs> in the World Championship uh, for Age of Sigmar. So that should be that should be good. Um, but other than that, like I haven't really gotten much gaming in a while so i'm looking forward to socal open uh and uh winning it so it should be good now what about you alex what's on your workbench
0: yeah well you know i got uh not not a lot of i do have a lot on my workbench i'm looking right at it um and i don't want to turn uh my laptop around to show you guys but i have a lot of just random bits that i've pulled out from conversion kits that i really never knew, thought I would use or want to use. And uh, I had a spare Nagash that I won um, at a Broadside Bash a couple of years ago at the silent auction. I think I was like the only person who, who got, who, you know, actually bet on it. Uh, and then I found out, uh, I got an email from Pablo like a week later saying like, oh, there's actually damage to the mini and we didn't advertise that. So... Um, I'm sure you didn't see it. There was a crack along the side, blah, blah, blah. So it was like, I'm actually giving you this. I'm giving you like a small refund to your purchase. uh, Just like big FYI. So it was a pretty cheap Nagash. And I own two boxes of Nagash already that I'm not going to use. I'm probably going to sell one. And hey, if his rules are good in the new Bone Reaper book, then I'll I'll build them. Um, But I butchered the used one ...for all those bits that I know are going to be usable for Osark Bone Reapers. Um, and I had an old uh, Lord Celestin on not dra- yeah on a Dracoline. And uh, since that new named character is also on like a skeletal Dracoline... Um, ...I completely stripped off everything um, further from it... ...because I had it used as... Um, it was lightly converted and used as a um, Vampire Lord on abysmal terror for a time. Uh, but now I fully just removed everything because I've gotten a lot more experience with green stuff. And I'm probably going to do some light sculpting on it. I'm still going to have it have skin, but maybe it'll be more like jadey because my, my bone reapers are probably going to be a, like a jade coloring to them. Like, like not that they're bone, but instead they are something different, maybe like stone. Um, so I think I'm going to Paint the Dracoline up that way, and it looks like all these kits that are coming out—they have so many different extra bits for conversions. That um, I mean, the the Clavos, the like mounted hero—that um, box set is a dual kit between the named character and the generic one. And the, oh,
1: those always have a lot of bits. Yeah, yeah. And you
0: take a look, and you're like, okay, well, it's the same model, like the same torso to the to the um, uh, the mount, and that's it. And then the just the legs of the guy sitting down, and that's it. And I have so many like extra mortar pits, extra um, other stuff like extra arcan armor, stuff like that. Where I'm like, I have a lot of stuff I can work with. So I basically just took it all out today and reorganized it, and also you know got my more uh, got my Morgas out, and you know. Uh, I, I got a lot of stuff to work with, so I am excited to start converting. Um, up until very recently, I realized that my Night Nighthaunt army is almost not converted at all, and sometimes, in some events, in some areas, you don't get any bonus points what? to hobby
2: with no conversions. Who, who could have Who could have told you that? Who would have told you that? Hmm, I, I want to talk we'll about it. Um, <laughs> anyways...
0: Uh, that is a central reason why I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to start converting again because I used to over convert and then with the night on I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep it simple. And now. But, I
2: don't know if there's an overconversion. Yeah, but what I don't, would that I don't even think be? so.
0: Yeah,
1: fair enough. Fair enough. So Izzy, you had some pretty tight conversions back in the day. I'm thinking back to your necro knights and some of that stuff early yeah. on were pretty cool. And more recently I've been looking at some of your green stuff work and it's it's pretty tight, man. You're you're getting pretty good at that stuff. So uh, that is uh, that is something that should be pretty happening actually. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to see what you do with this arm. Thank army. you.
0: Yeah, I'm right now. It's all about that, and it's all about finding out like color schemes. And for a while, also, um, I was trying to figure out. I've been racking my head the next, last few days about what I'm going to do for the head swaps for the MorTech guard. It's now that we only have a, a, some rules, and I, I, I like them. And Tech are probably are obviously going to be going to be battle. Um, I I don't think. Uh, at first, I was gonna look at like Puppet's War for head swaps and stuff, but uh, I have the skeleton kit or the skull, the skull from Games Workshop, and I re- and I realized that the Mordack aren't gonna be that big, a lot of the skull, the skull masks that you have out there nowadays are pretty much just Space Marine masks or Space Marine size, so they're gonna be they might not look or or mix very well, but um, uh, there's an ambiguous beast like head that's that's as big as the orc heads or orc skulls. But bigger than much bigger than human skulls in the skull kit, and then there's also the mm-hmm. gene stealer skulls, and I'm like, well, I'll all right, possible outlets here because the gene stealer skulls have uh, the carapace in the front floor, which is in the same style as like the segmented armor on all of these ossark bone reapers, so that's ability. And then, and then, of course, there's these other ones that are like generic, um, like beastly skulls, and then just have the lieutenant on that um. That like looks like an actual Mortec guard with his head, um, just because now now we have the lieutenants, and the, the, the squad, basically are little mini heroes when it comes it comes to command abilities. So that's here.
1: Damn, Alex, you you like have this all planned out. You, the kits aren't uh, even out but yet. But they showed the. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Today.
1: I oh no, I know, no, I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's ex- I mean, dude, like that that is telling me <laughs> you are pumped for this army you're like like dude i am looking at the pictures on the internet and I- i'm oh, already thinking pop yeah. not gonna lie from that that's amazing
0: at <laughs> first i mean they they are, they they are they just like undead stormcast which is also stormcast of already undead but um the, the once i found out the rules about like, about, like <laughs> not just the fluff of what they what they are the fluff of like the like they like to tax people with bones like that is the best thing like they're just, they're just like why are you, like, like, give us your bones. Like, no big deal. Like, oh, you like have enough bones? Well, find some or we're going to pillage you guys. So, you know, do a, t- do a t- like, you know, every third person has their, has their arm chopped off or something, something, you know? So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun stuff. It looks cool. It's cool. And that's the only thing on my workbench. Um, my night hunt has not changed. It will not change. And I'm just. I want to get practice games in. Maybe, maybe I can wrangle Jeremy, Jeremy in from final, final practice. But that seems unlikely. So we'll uh, we we'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, Mister Team America wants to get a game in before for
2: Friday. <laughs> oh Friday right, I'll have to be Friday or nothing. Um, I was gonna. No, not Friday night. I'll have to be Friday like afternoon because I fly on Friday night. But anyway, for our audience, I'm not dodging. Uh, I'm not dodging him. I just don't think. Uh, oh, you're not trying I to help, help a think friend any out. Oh, for so- I'm just saying. Just oh, yes. <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, crushing I you one more time. Does that? I've actually only help played you? one game
0: with his orcs. That's the thing. And it wasn't even a game. We were in the middle of a barbecue situation. Uh, we, just, we just throw our armies in front of each other.
2: You're not playing the orcs. Yeah, but I'm not playing the orcs. Why? I don't worry about that. No, I'm playing the... F- I told you, the orcs... I'm playing the orcs at Wapulusa, not, not I am. SoCal. I am... Is it I'm all certain that you said yeah, you were going to bring I'm your orcs, orcs to SoCal. Figured,
0: yeah. Oh, okay, well... Uh, as, as you would did. hope. I'm going to say you did, never and did. we'll leave it at that. Uh, and, yeah, you are bringing your fire slayers, as we just talked about, Jeremy. Uh... Has have you made any changes to your list? Is it the same list that you basically won at uh, the Forge with, or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm expecting a little bit more shooting armies this time around. So I'm bringing. Uh, I'm making some tweaks around to like protect my characters from shooting, and also the possibility that I'm gonna have to play a bone splitter army with the ignore shrug mechanic. So I made some minor adjustments, but the list is pretty much fundamentally the same. I might actually show up with uh, with one of the uh, the the ma- the endless spells from uh, <laughs> from uh, the fire slayers, uh, depending on how I feel about it the day before. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, it's it's the same kind of you know the death ball death ball and death ball plus uh you know lots of characters on foot so we'll see how, you know we'll see how it goes in a new hopefully soka has the new meta right like i feel pretty comfortable based on what i saw the packet with my, my army i just want to know if uh if uh, the meta is going to shift to more shooting armies or not which will be cool if it does it will be a uh, nice and new but uh you know that's it with what i'm taking for fire slayers uh what about you uh johnny boy what are you gonna be taking
0: wait hold on before right. we go to john sorry to interrupt john but you were thinking about bringing a Fire Slayer's Endless Prayer.
2: Yeah, which one? The the only one that matters.
0: And that is.
2: <laughs> oh, you don't know? Uh, it's the one that does mortal wounds to bigger size units at ranged for sixty points. Huh. It's just, it's it's. Do I want do I want an extra command point or do I want mortal wound at range? For like bigger units, well, it's it's nice it's nice for like uh, some of the the ten man handguner handgunner units I'm gonna see on the table. It helps me uh, whittle them down and force battle shock tests unless they want to spend command points to make them immune to battle shock. So like it's just it's just like one of those things to like you know take advantages of the weaker uh, bravery of free cities and also helps me like bit, whittle down like some like key shooting units like. Uh, yeah, like handgunners or the uh, what's their name? Uh, the guys with the the dwarf version, the Iron Drakes. So, yeah, no, that's that's basic why I'm I'm considering taking it over one more CP effectively. Um, but yeah, does that does that satisfy your curiosity, Mister Mister?
0: Yeah, no, that's really. Uh, I I think that that's uh, it's fine that you want to make some changes to it. Um, I don't know how confident. A shooty army should be against yours because we saw Jack's army at that RTT. I don't know, all the way back in May or June, and his his shooty army is like a oh, I want those characters dead. Punch in the nuts; those characters are dead. And um, I think you even told me that he killed a bunch of your characters by the end of the game, but like it didn't matter. Didn't,
2: the, yeah, it didn't matter, and the problem was he didn't kill any on the turn, the first turn. Uh, uh, was that was that just, nice? No, it was just that's how the bodyguards work for fire slayers. They uh, you, they basically pass on wounds on a four up. So basically, every character has like fifty percent more wounds if, uh, on the table. So the and the thing is, he couldn't get to sh- he, he could get he couldn't get in range uh, of like the with the anti infantry guns to shoot the her the the bodyguards first because I was body blocking them out of the out of range. So he was like either he shoots the bodyguards with his character sniping units, or he doesn't which is you know it was you know i wasn't exactly positioned in a way to score like points because i was castling but the stormcast armies don't do his type of army doesn't do that either so it's not like i was making a sacrifice of like you know losing the game by doing that uh versus like i think free cities which operate on a completely different like framework my, you know they don't really have to sacrifice being able to play on objectives while keeping shooting just because of the amount of like msu they can bring on the table right so that's why i'm curious to see, that's why i'm curious to see how this new meta evolves in the shooting uh mm-hmm. shooting armies, so. i agree
0: i agree well hopefully uh this new
2: you know i just did, i just didn't want to bore the audience with more fire slayer talk i'm sure at this point they're fucking tired You're like of it. enough already <laughs> well i mean i've certainly had enough of
0: it so let's talk to john
1: <laughs> because we, we never talk about enough skating no. on this podcast. So, yeah, exactly. So unlike the XS. We didn't have like three unit dwarves. reviews in a row that
0: were all Skaven. Oh, nothing like that.
1: Uh, so unlike Jeremy, uh, I myself am not hoping to learn about the glorious new meta and SoCal and instead just run into all the old stuff that I'm used to running into. Uh, that would be better for me. And I'll worry about learning about the new armies uh, sometime down the road in the future. Um, So, as we'll talk about later, uh, I've put in uh, a fair amount of practice. And um, I've been playing pretty similar armies all summer. Uh, I had a pretty good army that I took to Nova. Went 4-1, and so I was real happy with that army. Got the packet for the SoCal Open. Designed a list really specifically for the missions. The same thing I did for Nova. And then I've practiced uh, four games, and I finished my fourth game. Um, got home, and it was like 11:30 on Friday. And Scott had been messaging me, uh, telling me that I hadn't turned in my list yet. And this whole turning your list in a week early is is not doing me good. Uh, I tell you what, it's it's too much pressure. <laughs> And so I practiced the list. I dialed in a list. After several games, I retuned the list. And then at three minutes to midnight, I wrote an entirely new list that was not like any leather list that I've ran or played ever. And that's what I submitted. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, um, I kind of regret that. I almost wish I had, in fact, loaded up the exact same list I had been practicing or maybe the list that I took to Nova. Um, so... We'll we'll see how it goes in SoCal with my um, random list huh. that I created in a couple minutes before it was due. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's it's nothing surprising. There's clan rats. There's monks. But you're not there's as bells, confident in it as furnaces, you were with the previous warp seers. I had been practicing a double bell list, so I've been running uh, two bells and a furnace for for a while now, uh, since Nova, and uh, was really liking it. But a couple of the specific missions for the SoCal Open Packet, I felt that that combination did not perform well. And whereas the double bells... Like, it's nice. Like, I'm always getting something positive every turn. It's not like I was suddenly summoning a bunch of uh, Vermin Lords with that. It was more like I was doing more area effect um, Mortal Wounds with it, which was nice. Typically getting, uh, you know, two to three Mortal Wounds for about half the board every turn is reasonable. So, But anyway, so I probably should be running that list, but like I said... The pressure hit me, it was it was getting to be midnight, it, t- it turned 12 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, should I take this list, should I take that list? And it got to be 12.03, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm picturing Scott at his house looking at the clock, not seeing my list, and and getting his red card ready for me in remote. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I made like a okay. quick change and uploaded well, the list, and know, that's what I uh, sent in. So You know, yeah, I'm very see, curious,
0: it'll, it'll he, be fun. he it'll mentioned be a fun. list deadline, which I actually completely approve of, I, I think that that's a great idea. But he didn't mention any sort of stipulations or like what happens if you don't turn it in on time, which I assume so too. Oh, I, I, assume I, so I too. assumed you get a yellow um, card if like not being on time. I, I but, could be wrong. I mean, usually that kind of reminder is helpful too because humans be as humans do, right? Uh... Right,
1: and it's it's also one of these things where. Where it puts pressure on me and and makes me make that decision a, a week early. On the other hand, I'm no longer worried about my list, so I guess there's that in the coming week. Uh, but man, despite the pressure, this is Scott's event. This yeah. is the rule he set, mm-hmm. and I am all about holding to those rules. So no complaints, no issues. Just a little a little stress, a little, a little pressure on poor Johnny to get his list in a week early. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's okay just make sure the army's packed before you show up <laughs> right <laughs> it's uh, gonna show gonna show up the wrong models you're like ah well then i guess uh,
1: get the yellow card like as i rewrite okay. the list uh, luckily i'm driving <laughs> good. down God, i'm as glad to is, hear that so
0: Okay, and with SoCal Open upon us, you know, we, we've talked about our lists. Well, uh, we haven't really talked about mine, but there's not much to talk about. As, as mentioned before, um, my list has not changed since Nova, so it is going to be the Shroud Guard plus extra little bitties. Um, been doing well with it so far. If it's not broke, there's no reason to fix it. Um, but we have, you know, the SoCal Open packet, and this packet is – not too different but also not necessarily the same as most packets that are popular among uh gts or major events uh at least in the united states um before i i dive in here uh, as we talked about uh, there was that house rule uh about submitting our lists ahead of time which is perfect and you know there's the standard procedure about faqs using the proper base sizes and scoring um however john what are some of your main takeaways before we dive into the missions about this packet some of the initial rules requirements etc right right well on the front end uh
1: this has become what i would call standard frontline major gt format Um, that's as far as tournament slash house rules uh the the required base sizes per gw um any kind of ability that you can choose before the game must be chosen and put on your list ahead of time uh those types of things so these are become what we've we we expect this in las vegas we expect this at the bao we expect this in southern in socal open um other things sportsmanship um sportsmanship is a simple thumbs up thumbs down so basically everybody should get full sportsmanship that should not be an issue now the thing to me that makes this pack it unique and like I said we're going to get into the missions and the missions do use realm spells realm abilities realms of battle all that good stuff but we have two things that are kind of unique now you know scott uh who is the to for the socal open and myself uh both being west coast tos uh early on in the ITC, we talked a lot and we shared a lot of ideas when it comes to mission design and packet design. And since then, we've gone off on our own, but we still, there's still a lot of concepts that I think both of us bring to our packets that are kind of left over from those early days. And so, one of the things is, scott and myself are both people who believe in a high degree of granularity when it comes to scoring so lots of opportunities for there to be different scores at different games so first off every army is going to have to pick a bonus objective and this bonus objective is going to stay with your army for the entire tournament not just one game not just one day all five rounds and they're they're pretty similar simple types of things uh the names just to read them out conserve attrition invade defend slay and terrify and so for conserve uh you complete this army goal if at least one third of the units from your starting army rounding up have not been destroyed and are on the battlefield at the end of the battle so a third of your army has to live attrition this one you have to kill two-thirds of your opponent's army. Invade. You complete this bonus objective if a friendly unit with three or more models is wholly within your opponent's territory at the end of the battle. So it is a line breaker. And then of course, defend. You have to keep the enemy from being in your territory at the end of the battle. In slay. Well, what's that, Alex? In slay. We are going to <laughs> complete this bonus objective if the highest value unit from your army, your opponent's army, has been killed, and you terrify if you manage to kill a unit through battle shock. And so, those are six different goals for your army. You're going to pick one of them, and your army has to accomplish this every single round of the mission. So that the bonus objectives were like something that really jumped out at me. Um, what about you guys? Uh, Jeremy, did you catch anything interesting going on there?
2: Yeah, I for me, I think the belay that order uh, for the gambit is gonna be like the most interesting one um, just because I can see some abusing uh, towards the later tables. Like I just see, like the, what I'm saying is like, let's say I'm, I'm playing a game and I'm at the final table and the top three scores are like very similar uh, and very close to each other and or the top three players and i know i'm gonna lose the game against the top uh, one of you know one of the players i can sacrifice all my points for like maybe a worse placement overall to make sure that the other guy who's playing at the second table the third best has a possibility of just overtaking the first place guy by, you know, refusing denying him secondary points at the cost of my secondary points. So I'm not sure I like that too much. Uh,
1: and, uh, hey, Jeremy, real quick, sorry to interrupt. Why don't yeah, you um, explain how that works real quick? Because we have the gambit, and then there's the belay that option. Yeah. And, and how does that work? Because that's going to be unfamiliar for most people.
2: Um, so the way I understand the gambit, and please correct me if I'm wrong, John, is that you pick, basically, uh, some secondary missions that you will achieve through the rest of the tournament not but not per like uh, games and um, belay that is a one is I believe is a once per game right you can choose to ref- like basically deny your opponent's ability to score those points but you lose uh, the ability yourself of scoring those points
1: right so so what's going on there is we do have our bonus objectives that stay with your army for the entire tournament and then each round you pick a gambit, which is your typical bonus or secondary objective. Uh, So a good example is like the first one, which is a treasure map where you pick one terrain feature wholly outside of your territory, have at least one friendly model within three inches of that feature at the end of your opponent's fourth or fifth turn. But you can instead choose to sacrifice your treasure map, which is going to be worth five points per round. And when you sacrifice it with belay that, you do the heave two. And you play that during any battle shock phase, all units in your army within 12 inches of any of your heroes do not take battle shocks. So it's a pretty powerful battle shock immunity, but in order to do it, you actually are going to sacrifice five points. Then your opponent can choose to then sacrifice their gambit and stop your belay that, in which case neither one of you is going to score the five points for your gambit.
0: Okay.
1: Wow. And and so I think what Jeremy was talking about was, you know, a very cognizant player, especially if we're talking teammates and team play at the top tables, there is that opportunity to look over and say, okay, well, I'm going to lose this game, but if I can force my opponent to burn five points, maybe that lets my op- my teammate at another table mm. perform a little bit better than the person I'm playing against. Very smart. Very sneaky type stuff. I know in one of my uh, practice games, I went ahead and burned my belay that knowing that I actually was not going to be able to score my gambit, but I did it in a way that forced my opponent to stop my belay that. Otherwise, I would have won the game automatically. And so even though I couldn't score my five points, I forced him to not score his five, and in doing so, it made it so I could win the
0: mission. (coughs) You know... (coughs) Pardon me. It is one of those situations too where belaying that can also be like, oh crap, like, you know, uh, let's say you did save the captain and you put yourself in a position where your general is going to die. Uh, unless a unit can <coughs> go get in the way of whatever is going to kill him. Then you could do belay that and have a unit ch- uh, retreat and charge that turn and like somehow protect your general. And if that gets you the win... That's going to be scored better than a loss, you know? Right? Yeah. better. You
1: lose the five points maybe for that round, but you get the win, right? And a (laughs) 1,000 points for the win. So (laughs) definitely worth it. Yeah. So it's an, an interesting mechanic. I think as Jeremy indicated, there's an opportunity to game it. And there's a couple ways I think it can be gamed. Like what he talked about was definitely a malicious way of gaming it. The way I gamed it in a way to cause my opponent to not give five points when I knew I couldn't get my five points is maybe a different way to game it. So uh, I think that there's some strategy there, but hey, that's, that's all part of the game, right? Is, is these little yep. tactics for score, tactics for your placing, time management, all of that.
2: I think uh, for me, uh, the one big difference too, on top of that gambit, and I think that we needed, I don't know if we made it clear to the audience, is that uh, major wins are not decided by who has more points. It's decided by a spread of points yeah which uh is a very different approach of doing scoring uh which is going the reason i, I bring this up is it's it's nothing against john uh or sorry not john Our, our local it's certainly SoCal, nothing against john and socal <laughs> open to but point spread mechanics doing uh, doing this way all they do in the long run is they just exaggerate people who are blowing at their opponents throughout the tournament and just gives them, like, incredibly, like, a, you get a double point victory, right? No need to get the ma- the major victory because you blow out your opponent, but you get the most major victory points. Like, so it's almost like a bonus for just, like, crushing your opponent. So you're going to see um, huge
0: spreads, and the moment someone gets a loss, like someone who gets goes, like, one and four, they are going to yeah. have, like, a
2: significantly lower points. And games which are close, you'll get less of a point spread, so you'll get, like, less points. So it's, like, incentivizing games to not be sh- close, basically, which right. I think is the counter, like, that is counter to AOS culture and, and claim design, where the it, where the game is ba- more designed on a binary system, which is that it doesn't matter what the points say as long as you get more points, but the game could still be close even though the point difference could be large. By and large, I mean, like, I don't mean, like, you know, like, 12 10 points above i mean like four or five points above your opponent that's a pretty large spread and four or five points above um your opponent is like what he considers five five or more is major victory which is really hard to get but that does include uh, um I'm, uh, so one of the things you can clarify for me john is that include your gambit and goal in that five point spread or is it just vps for the game
1: yeah we're talking just the vps from the game as far as i know
2: Yeah, so that makes it that five-point spread. It's it's really hard to get.
1: And I I say that when you look at the actual score sheet. You'll notice at the end he has a place to total up the points. And he has battle points plus goal plus gambit. So they're all listed differently. And just to read them out to folks. If you get a tie, both players get eight points. If the differential in the game is one or two points. So one or two objective points from the table. Then it's going to be 12 for the winner, six for the loser three-point spread is 14 to four, four-point spread is 16 to two, and if it's five or more, then the points are 18 to zero. So that is a potential six-point spread from winning by one points through winning by five points. And yeah, that could be that could be kind of major. And also, you got to think of the mechanics here. Like, early on, uh, good players are often played against uh, less experienced players so they will get that as a almost a benefit maybe to blow those early players out but the occasional more experienced player who does get paired up against another more experienced player and then is only able to squeak out a game early on is going to take a bit of a points hit because of that. That also might allow them to submarine through the game. So now they're going up against a little bit weaker opponents, whereas that person who had the blowout is going to be against other people with blowouts. So, you know, there's some back and forth with those mechanics, I think. But I mean, is it, to be, is it yeah. unnatural? Um, and then also we, we don't know, what is he doing for the secondary pairing mechanics? right are we random with an equal score is it pure against ba- uh, strength of schedule and actual battle points
2: i mean i'll tell you right now like the first two games if you get a points difference of three uh you're looking at like basically the next two games Since it's a five round tournament being like fairly close to blowout games if you're already a good player like that's a I don't know like i just i look at that mecha- mechanic and i'm just I, ju- I just see and maybe because i always see maliciousness and like one out of like basically take advantage of like packets and all i see is like like basically <laughs> mali- like it's you can definitely take advantage of the point <laughs> spread mechanics so like get easier matchups and still be in the runnings for first place by the end of the tournament uh, so yeah I, I guess i guess my my takeaway for for the to is that uh please keep an eye out for you know like that kind of like mentality in your packets like cuz your entire incentive structure you've designed is to basically get um, do not not to, you know to either get like massive blowouts against weaker opponents and disincentivize balanced armies like like to be honest if i was going to go to SoCal open and knowing this packet i would have bought like nothing but Slanesh keepers of secret
1: Cause well the- one one thing about this packet is very little in this packet rewards killing. I mean, there's killing for the bonus objectives and stuff, but yeah. as far as the round scores, he has removed kill points.
2: Yeah, which is fine. But the point of the matter is, if you keep ta- if you can table your opponent by uh, turn three, like you're guaranteed to win the game by a major blowout for the rest of the game. It, only on rare missions is that like even possible, and that's purely depend on an initiative roles and going in <laughs> like your opponent's way. So like, I if I see you know what's gonna happen is we're gonna have a bunch of slash keepers are gonna show up with that exact list, and they're going and they they're gonna <laughs> blow out the first two opponents like no problem, and then and it's gonna I'm mean, gonna feel bad because like you like John you could be doing like you're like oh man I'm still in the game I'm getting my you know my ass it to me by these keepers of secret. But just you know, that's just the way that army lit works. It's like it just goes for you know massive amount of damage real quick, and then racks up you know you know the depravity points for late game scoring, and just yeah, because everything dies
1: after it's in your face. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's just to delay your opponent from scoring points for the rest of the game, right? So, I don't know. Like I just I don't like the make short story guys for everybody on the the audience here. I don't like point spreads. I think point spreads are bad incentives for uh, how you should play the game. And, different. yeah,
1: and you're not talking that you have a problem with granularity and scoring. You're no. talking about the point differential mechanic when it comes to actual round points is yes. is what you're not appreciating. And, yes. like I said, I, I find it uh, interesting. There's some details about that that I want to mention when we talk about specific missions um, because I think – Once we look at this differential mechanic and then we compare it to which missions we're on, there are missions where there's possibilities of large point spreads, and there's missions where you can score one point. One point is available on the table. And so,
0: real quick, how does that work? When it comes to this, um, I, I agree with Jeremy for the most part in terms of scoring, and that is certainly a discussion for another day. However, um, this one is interesting to me because it does almost, you know, when you get to choose who goes first or second, if you, like, win drops or something like that, it truly is something, depending on what army you have, where you have to actually think about it. Like, Jeremy's army, most of the time, doesn't really care whether it goes first or second, you know, Um, but if you want to completely deny your opponent, like an army like mine, for instance, that can just jump on every objective if I go first, or pin an army down uh, or at least like central units of an army down and as long as I'm not fighting fire fire slayers they're going to survive like that's very helpful for me but then like... It really depends on what type of spread you want. You know, there have been games where I've played someone in the first, yeah, me either pinning units down or even though I know that their army is more killy than mine, choosing to go first in order to jump on the objectives and just surround it. Um, that, that was a reason why I, uh, I won a game at T-Shift. I um, pinned part of a Fush Eater Court army down and then wrapped myself all around the objectives so he had no way of scoring the uh, focal point turn one. And that led to us having to bounce around the table when the objective moved. But him not getting that first turn lost him the game by, like, one or three points or something. It was, like, really, really... Because, like, he kept on giving me priority. He kept on winning priority roll and not double-turning me. and being like, I'm going to go for that three-pointer. And so for, like, three or four turns in a row, he didn't get the three-point uh, objective until, like, turn three, four... or No, it was four and five. So I was getting, like, one points for the first three turns... Mm-hmm. And that ended up like getting me to win the game by I think just one point there. It just got I got really lucky at a point, double turned, got another a three points there. But I, I even mentioned in our last episode, or at least two episodes ago, I I won that game with like one model left um so sometimes being able to hone in and just like try to pin things down it, they can that's really helpful and in normally in the game that's kind of a risky move but it seems like something that's going to be a lot more attractive in this style of, of, of player in this format yeah oh i can um, see that for sure and, and, and uh not to backtrack here but i didn't really talk too much about the belay that here um The secondary objectives um, for these, you know, they're just homegrown, homebrew, uh, hidden agendas, which is fine. But I've played every SoCal Open for AOS. There is. Same with you, John. And I can tell you I've never belayed. There's never been a reason for me to belay because the way I see it is if I am in that top game and I know that belaying that is the difference between a win or a loss, sure, I'll do it. But it's never come to that point. For me, it's like, a do you want that up. little boost or do you want those five fucking points? And for me, it's always been, I want those points. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. I would say for our listeners yeah. out there who, who maybe even go into SoCal Open, if they listen to this the first day or two before the event, um, personally, don't ever belay that. I mean, unless you want to and then, hey, sure, get a low score. Well, like yeah. I said,
1: so let me let me throw out there though that like when I was playing my uh, fourth practice mission, um, I had taken the pillage, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, pillage gambit. So one unit must must off move off the table edge in your opponent's territory during your movement phase. Only a unit that was deployed on the table. Blah blah blah. So you guess so you get it. But the belay that is, run a rig. Select an enemy unit within 18 inches of one of your heroes, which is also within 6 inches of a terrain feature. This unit is ambushed by your forces. Pick up the unit not within 3 inches of an enemy unit and place them wholly within 3 inches of that terrain feature and 3 inches away from the enemy unit. Okay, so what happened in my particular game is I was not going to score my pillage, um, uh, whatever you want to call it, gambit. My opponent was going to score his Gambit, though. However, it was the one where if on turn three, I hold both objectives, I automatically win. And so what I was doing is I said, I'm going to do my belay that, run a rig. And I was ready to pick Mm. up a block of 40 Plague Monks and drop them on an area terrain that was an inch away from the objective that he was only holding with 10 models. Okay, 10 skinks, actually, as a matter of fact, I think it was, or 10 somethings. Anyways, so as soon as I said, okay, well, I'm going to do that. And as soon as I do that, I win this game. So he says, no, I'm going to burn my gambit to stop you from doing your run a rig. So he stopped me from doing it, right? And that's what won me the game. That is what won me the game. Because we still didn't take each other's objectives, don't get me wrong. I'd I'm still glad you reminded me that
0: Knife to the Heart is a mission in this packet. I was just like, wait a minute.
1: Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. Knife to the Heart.
2: Yeah, you also notice that uh, none of the abusive realm spells are in this tournament at all. None? Yeah, you, you took a uh, banishment from Ulgu. So there's no more mm. banishment in it uh in the packet and then Ashqui doesn't ha- Ashque's not used at all so, so the, the one thing okay, the okay, things okay. that would be useful against fire slayers oh
0: man um yeah because uh i
1: don't know there's i guess we should talk about it when we get into the missions but there are definitely some uh there's still some pretty strong spells out there and there are definitely some strong command abilities uh left in this packet so uh, you know, go into each round, ready yeah. for the realm, as it were yeah
0: it's uh it's it's going to be interesting here and and even then um also to backtrack because we went straight into gambits from bonus objectives uh, I do think that it's pretty interesting that you have not only do you have your gambits, which are your hidden objectives, but you have kind of that second secondary there that lasts the entire tournament. Some of these are pretty hard to achieve, i'd say um. No, and, and I don't think any of them are secret. Like I've talked that through, and, well, yeah, and none of these no. are actually uh, and, and, secret objectives. Um, I wanted to take a look into that right after this because there is a format that we've seen slightly at WarGamesCon Con before. Um, uh, but you know, with some of these yeah. ones, I I think you really have to sit down and think about how your army works in order to get it get it done here. Because like terrify, like. Unless you're strictly a Legion of Grief army, complete this army goal if an enemy unit is destroyed as failing a Battleshock test. Like, that's pretty situational every single game.
1: Yeah, like you're playing my army. Um, I have not lost anything to Battleshock or a unit to Battleshock.
0: Yeah. Uh, since so, the like, new
1: battle tone came out. That's
0: not helpful at all. Um, you know, invade might be helpful. Defend or slay like you know uh, jeremy's gonna choose defend surprise surprise like how often is he gonna no not defend uh uh a uh, uh, conserve no, yeah like how many people are conserve. gonna kill more than uh two-thirds of his army you know
1: 2 of his armies by unit count get those I characters mean, it's
2: down it's either conserve or invade for me because the odds are like it's one of those like i'm almost guaranteed achieving one of those almost every game right so i have to decide like do i think on the meta i'm gonna have be better at conserve or do i think that's honestly the same
0: place i'm at i'm like hmm Mm -hmm. because there are definitely missions where i've won and had like no models on the table or and then there are games where i haven't been able to kill shit so i agree completely
1: I think those are going to be a couple real popular ones, too. I think a lot of people, because there's a lot of tough armies out of there. There's a lot of MSU-type armies. Uh, people, A lot of people are going to go for Conserve. There's a lot of highly mobile armies, deep striking capabilities. Okay, this, so yeah, Invade going is going to be, be super popular. Like you said, I don't think – yeah, and I don't think Terrify is going to get hardly used at all.
2: Oh, no. Um, terrify! Battleshock might, might as well oh, be removed yeah. from the game at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: And, and defend, like, you're going to keep the enemy out of your territory. Uh, you better hope you're not playing half the armies in this game. <laughs> so yeah. I think there's a couple that we won't see very often. Maybe it will be just poor choices that people make. Um, so so there's that. Um, now, now, the thing is, um, it's going to be important to know what your opponent's army goal is. And have a plan for stopping it. So... Like, if the guy is conserve, like, like, right off the bat, say to yourself, okay, can I kill two-thirds of this army? If I'm not certain I can kill two-thirds of this army, what exact units are the units I think that are my path to killing two-thirds of the army? Um, and if I don't think I can do any of that, hey, I'm pairing, playing against Jeremy, well, then I'm not even going to put any energy into it. Because I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to kill two-thirds of his army, so not waste any cycles, any thought on it. I know I'm not going to score that or I know he's going to probably Here's score a
0: question. that. I'm Why didn't he have us stuff. put down our bonus objectives on our army list if it lasts the entire
2: event? I think you. I mean, it's just giving you the ability to see mm. what on the nice. before you make the decision. I mean, that's the way I look at it. It just gives me the ability to know what's on the, what, who, who's which player is playing what. So I know like, okay, these players are probably going to make it to their, to their top tables and this is what they're going to be playing, okay, how am I going to be able to score against that? At least that's how I think about it. Um, I mean, I appreciate that. If if, uh, if I didn't know what the meta was going to not be gonna lie, I was I probably just going to be Invade is
0: super tempting for me. Oh, my Lord.
2: Yeah, well, they're all fairly achievable by most armies, except for the Battleshock one, which, honestly, yeah. Is, yeah. might as well not be another I
1: game. I tell you what, Jeremy, I, I do like what you're talking about. I like your approach. What you're really saying is that for people like, well, like you and me. Okay, this motherfucker. Top players here at at this tournament. We're going to go around and we're going to see who we think we're going to be facing in the final round and choose the bonus objective that we know we can achieve Excuse against me. that person in the bat final round. So so yeah, for sure, I'm already thinking of like like, when I'm playing Jeremy, what do I need to have uh, as my bonus objective Ugh. in that last round, so that's right. that's what I'm where I'm already coming from. In fact, Jeremy, uh, because we're good friends, I might even have you advise me on what the best bonus objective I should take against you. So uh, I'll start a little chat on the side to uh, to see if I can strengthen mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. up a little
2: bit. Uh, sounds good to me, John. I will gladly tell you exactly what you need to do to beat this army. Like, oh, I every know. time that's... we play, oh, I know that's <laughs> the best. It's the best. <laughs> the um... No, I'm,
1: look. So, so, the, so I'm going to throw something out there for everybody else. So, so Jeremy is, as we all know, he is an alpha player. He's a top player. And I have friends that are top players, alpha players. I am not, uh, as much as I like to joke around. Uh, I know my my actual place in this game. But here's the trick, okay? <laughs> guys like Jeremy, guys like Vlad, uh, guys like Brian Pullen, who you play against them, and they they tell you – how to play your army better than you're playing it yourself. They tell you how to beat their army, okay? But it's a trap. It's a trap. What they're doing is they're taking control of you by first convincing you that they know your army better than you, and second, that they know how to play your army better. So they might be giving you good advice. You need to find the other way to beat their army. They're going to tell you one way to beat their army. You need to find the other way to beat their army. So that's that's my advice for playing against alpha dog players like like Jeremy you know some Matt, alpha dog players
0: don't tell you how to play your army some just shut the fuck up and let you make the mistake um <laughs> oh, word I don't
1: know most of the top players <laughs> I know are much nicer than oh. that. It's, it's like the tryhards oh, yeah. on the second level those, those, that try to do that
0: place guys are the worst. <laughs> oh yeah I know exactly those the what second you're tier saying. players oh, yeah. you know what I'm talking uh-huh. about Right, totally. Alex. <laughs> uh, what? Say it. I'll...
2: I'm a third tier player. Alex, you're not you're right. a second tier player. Um... <laughs> 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 okay, well. That's... Yeah, see, so yeah, <laughs> I took the words got... out of your mouth there. We settled that.
0: Um.
1: Yeah. Uh, I myself am still approaching the ladder that gets me to the team. So you like the United States the World the <laughs>
0: Cool. Tight yeah <laughs> we got cool shirts word uh, well you mentioned missions and how some of these missions are going to be more advantageous to the secondaries and the bonus objectives than others um, we might as well go down the list here uh, John You know, uh, round as well. one uh, in the early morning is going to be the only one that has a no man's land in terms of territories and that's going to be a uh, total conquest and it is going to be in Ugu um, you know, this one, there's four objectives. There's no uh, glorious victory in the middle of the game that can be had. Uh, and it's darkly shaded. So the maximum range of all attacks are going to be 18 inches. It's going to be real interesting. I'm pretty sure the book says right? spells and attacks. But with this one, that means that spells that are like 24 inches or people on a bailwind would still be able to use their abilities past 18, right?
2: No, oh no! I think, I don't think uh, so. I don't think so. The uh, the ogu ones like abilities, range attacks, abilities. Uh, yeah, it just well, limits it to uh, eighteen inches. So, like, if you had a if you had, if you had a holy within mechanic, well, the have, reason why I say uh, that is because uh, in the people.
0: packet, specifically in the packet, it just says maximum range of all attacks. Or oh, it, it does say spells. Maximum range of all attacks and spells is eighteen inches. So no, uh, bubble abilities would still be fine. And and for the guy – yeah, and as
1: I say, for the guy that brings up the bailwind and argues with me that it doubles the range. Watch out. You might see anyway. that. No. <laughs> it doesn't double It doesn't double that maximum Wait. range. 18 Wait, inches, what? buddy. Somebody, right?
2: somebody said it doubles no, maximum range. What? No. No, no. I'm just that's saying. have a
1: thing. I, I realize that. I realize oh, that. Okay, I'm just sure. saying. I'm waiting for somebody, somebody to do that. Well, <laughs> I'm going to say no. Okay. It's not going to happen. And a bailwind doubles the range. It has six inches.
2: Just... No. It, adds it six. Yeah, does.
1: now it does. It used to double. Oh, it just adds six?
2: 100%. Yeah.
1: Are you kidding me? That who? cheating, cheating who? cocksucker. God damn it. That, oh, bah! boy. Never mind. Doesn't matter.
0: Okay. Cheating. Well, Cheated. if you're listening Cheated. on today's episode, Mr. Cheater, you, you played John. You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs>
1: you know who you are. You played John at some point. Oh. <laughs> you doubled your range.
0: Okay. Um. Ooh, and Next. it was a one of my practice game. games. There's a small of handful of people games. that could have been. Uh, oh boy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, anyways, talking here about Total Conquest. Total Conquest is one of the four objective missions. Two of the objectives are out in No Man's Land. Remember, is this the that one you and is I played? the one that you and I played. The of Shadows. Not in the remote shot. So this is always an interesting mission because you got the one that you're defending. You're automatically going to set up your castle, and then you've got two—one close, one far—out of your territory. And the challenge is: can you grab both of those on the first turn, or are you going to just try to grab two? Are you going to grab a right flank? Are you going to grab a rear flank? There's a lot of interesting directions that you can take this mission. So it's a very, very fun mission. Ulgu, of course. Oh man, we've got the Shadowed Mansions. So yeah, everybody's I mean, going to be outflaking from everywhere.
2: Well, just the commandability one, right? The one with right. the table edges. Yeah, just Most the commandability. The yeah, cuz no, the sh- nobody's going to be playing Shadowed Mansion. There's no, no. there's not going to be any buildings, I don't think. Oh, uh, uh, well,
1: th- there will be buildings because if you remember the terrain set that scott brought up for the bao all of those tables will be at the socal open yeah but
2: there's no there's no, we're not i don't think we're using the imbalance like the the way you have to like, you can like store units inside buildings basically
1: oh got you got you and don't forget there's we'll also a, the the bridge of shadows spell also does the
2: yeah yes yeah so. and yeah, that, that does almost the exact same thing as a command ability no it should be that the first mission i like that he put the worst realm spells Uh, and one realm feature in the first mission (laughs) yes like it's just let's not just knock this out right now like let's just get over it it's fine it's a mechanic of the game guys yeah it's been around forever now Mm. so
1: and of course this is one of those missions where i think there is a possibility of scoring a lot of objective points on the table and so uh you know the differential will matter early on i
0: think that it is going to be really interesting here to see Uh, what kind of spread we have, especially on that first mission. But let's take a look at that second mission. That is going to be Border War and that is going to be in the Realm of Metal. That's going to be in Kamen. Um, They've made some changes here to this one. Um, And that's going to be from Irresistible Force. Now, he does have that uh, ability where if the dice roll is a double for this Realm feature um, after re-rolls but before modifiers are applied, it is a successful roll no matter what and it cannot be unbinded. Unbound. Um, after the effects of the spell have been carried out, however, every unit within three inches of the caster suffers one mortal wound. Um, and so, they mentioned changing the die is a modification. Yeah.
1: Hello, Zinch. <laughs>
2: Hello,
1: Zinch. I mean, who else would that be, right? Is there anyone else change die? In Skaven, we can roll three yeah, dice modified. and pick one. Pick the two. Or yeah. pick... Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I don't think there is anybody we can modify a dice rule. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, just Niche, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just Niche. I'm pretty sure.
1: Now here's a here's a thing. Everybody's going to remember that doubles lets the spell go off. Will they remember to blow up the one-inch mortal, mortal wounds? So this is this is where I'm looking for some people to start heavy casters to start nuking their own backfield couple of those mortal wounds maybe take out a squishy character yeah, you... it's all good and if you look at it it's not uh enemy units it's each unit so maybe i send a wizard over there and just let him cast a yeah. bunch of times yeah
2: I w- the uh it, actually i think for wizards that mission usually ends up sucking <laughs> more than anything yeah especially for like people like uh what's it called alex who would like to have the plus uh three to cast on on mr uh uh, Mm. and uh and then all of a sudden like boom there goes he just explodes with a bunch of like mortal wounds it is what it is who's usually by right by
0: him but that is an interesting change that they're (laughs) making to the realm of metal there um you know that third one end of day one is going to be knife to the heart this isn't I'm always interested when this one is a mission in uh, tournament play because, you know, once turn three rolls around, the moment somebody scores two objectives, game is over. So this one is usually the one where people have a lot of time left. So that just means more drinking There's... that's not at the event <laughs> pretty soon. If you get a glorious victory. Maybe. That's
1: yeah. possible. There's gonna be some feel badsies. This is a mission that catches beginning players off guard. So so there's a lot of interesting Here's my question though, John. Here. This is uh, an interesting choice this one. at the end of day one.
0: Uh, well it's not a question, but it's kind Your of a question. little comment here. I, I wonder what, how Scott feels about this. Because it is in the realm of beasts and it says no beastie needed for this event. But what if his what if Beastie is wanted for this event? It doesn't say no beasts will be used, it just says no beast will be needed. <laughs>
1: Um, I thought the beast appearing is—I thought that had to do with. um,
2: It, it specific... is the realm of beasts, but he took it out of the. Yeah, no, using, no, no. You're, you're not using he, the book, remember, Alex? You're he, using. He clearly, he, he used, clearly yeah, okay, took okay, it yeah. out, but I just, just like how that. he
0: wrote no beast okay. he needed for this event. Like, Oh, you don't have to bring him. You'd be like, well, what if I want to bring him?
2: Uh, yeah. It's... Well, because <laughs> uh, because the way he phrased the realm of battle rules. No, no, like actually, I, this is something I have a problem with Scott is the way he wrote the Realm of Battle rules. It says they following Realm of Battle rules can be used for battles fought in the Mortal Realm of Gur. It says can mm. be used, it doesn't say has to be used. Uh, so, like, he took the verbiage exactly of the book yeah. instead of rewording it to like matches event rules, which is that no, 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 you must use this uh, Realm feature <laughs> or realm, uh, realm of Battle mechanic um but yeah so yeah no like no beasties i like this i like this mission on round three i like it to be the end of day one uh just mostly because it gets the game done quickly uh people can go you know hang out with friends as alex has mentioned but also because like at this point like on round three you're gonna get fairly close players in terms of like skill set and performance and that mission just usually ends up causing pretty much like blowout wins right to either one right so because the way the spread works mechanically um uh you only get vps if you what's it called uh bur- like burn the opponent's vp right yeah oh Force victory so if wins a major victory oh. they control both. if neither player was one the them and then each player adds a point value no shit. so like i don't know like, i don't you know what i'm saying sound- yeah, I don't know how this one so, would work. So real quick, with point I'm gonna, I'm gonna ex- get no point spread. No, there's
1: no. I assume one that point. the point spread is the winner gets the two points. No. For, so so, two
0: points for the two objectives. Real quick, let, let me it explain this no, it for our listeners. Real quick, if someone ends up winning by uh, turn three, the moment you can uh, win a glorious victory knife to the heart and immediately ends the game, the score is then 17 to the winner and zero for the loser. If, there are some, if you're somehow only able to pull off the glorious victory and end the game on turn 4, then it's 15 to 2. If it's on the final game, round of the game, it's then 13 to 4. 13 It's right below the mission, sir. Where is that uh, in the it? Uh, scorecard? And then if you win by kill points, meaning that if I play John and John's not able to move me and I'm not able to move him, but I've killed more than, more of John than John's killed of me, then I get 11 points and he gets 6 points. And then there's that tie which Got is it. eight and eight.
1: You're Got right. It. I didn't I didn't notice that before, but you're right. What he did was he changed the point difference portion of the table. So instead of having a points differential listed like you said, Alex, it's either tie, you win by kill points, so, which is the minor victory, or you weren't on win on turn five, four, so or you know three. What, you know what's that's, real funny? Okay, that's if cool. you well and thought I play out a play game,
0: right? And I win by kill points. But you, I didn't achieve my goal, and you did, and you got your gambit, and I didn't get my gambit, then you win the round. Because then that would be...
2: No. Remember, the gambits and secondaries don't win. That's go weird then, because then, then they they he could get more...
0: more. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, so no, you could win by VPs because you get five points... For the gambit and you get five points for your bonus objective, right? So that's 10 points. And like you said, if your opponent scored neither of them, then you can come out with 16 to 12. So you can win like you were saying, right?
2: But it doesn't go up
1: into the points differential area. It comes down to the bottom where we add battle points plus goal plus Mm -hmm. gambit to equal. Now,
0: round four, day two, bright and early, hungover. I probably won't have a voice. I'll be sounding like Reese. Um, is going to be Places of Arcane Power. And that one is a real interesting one. That was the one that we played round five of the uh, Bellingham Dark Tower GT. And this is one that is pretty interesting because it is the one that only heroes, not heroes in Battle Line, but only heroes can hold the objective. And they have to move onto the objective. They can't just be slung, slingshotted or teleported onto the objective. They have to move onto the objective from the table. Uh, and, and yes, they have to if there's kill a hero there. that's there. Um, oh. And this one has no realmscapes. But it's the realm of Shyish. So they did also mention that with Soul Forge Sacrifice, which is the command ability for Shyish, uh, one of the two command abilities for Shyish, where you can basically do mortal wounds to your enemy units or, or to your friendly units within uh, a distance of your hero and heal wounds to your general uh, or your hero – um, or no specifically your general it says that those wounds cannot be stopped by any means so I can't suck yeah. up wounds for Raikonor for instance and then death save away the healed wounds
1: no yeah. you have to, you have to take damage. that damage
2: yeah the uh, other thing too uh, it's funny what uh, uh, I was going to say this mission on, and this is going to catch a lot of people off guard uh, that's the uh, to score if you are in a scenario where you have a, a you're you're dislodging an enemy hero from an objective, and um, you basically had another hero in combat with that hero. If the hero itself does not kill that hero, you don't get the objective unless you're able to make a move that is not a retreat move. And what that means is that, like, if you could still pilot the hero, great, you can take it that same turn. If you cannot make like, let's say, if you already piled in the hero and he didn't kill that hero, and then you kill the hero with the rest of the things you have in combat with it, you don't get that objective until your next like move activations. So yep. that's, a, that's something to keep in mind uh, when you're playing this mission.
1: Yeah, and that um, that actually came into play in my practice game. Uh, my opponent had sent a, char- a character out on the flank and was able to grab one of the objectives. I charged excuse me i ran my screaming bell and was able to get within range of the objective but not within range of the character and when i ran so i couldn't charge i charged in with my monks and killed the character his character so he no longer held the objective but my character was not controlling the objective he then summoned Another character and charged it into my character. And since I wasn't holding the objective, he took the objective. Yep. And that, my friends, puts a little (laughs) sour look on your face when that (laughs) happens. (laughs) I was quiet for a moment, let's just say. (laughs) Well,. So, so yeah, there's some mechanics there to watch out for. Also, of course, when you're trying to kill my hero off of the objective he's holding. And I don't know, he keeps healing back up to full health yeah. by sacrificing the unit next to him. That's kind of rough. And let's not forget that this is the one where I can add one attack. So let's say I have a unit of monks that has taken, oh, I don't know, six deaths to it. So, now for every command point, they're going to get an extra attack. This is how, when we played in this realm at Nova, I was able to get those monks up to five attacks apiece. And that's pretty nasty. So, there's some pretty gnarly little mechanics that can be taken advantage of between the Soul Force Sacrifice. Yep. And the honor the dead. Soul Force Sacrifice
0: to keep your hero alive on the objective. And honor the dead. And round five is going to be focal points. That's going to be the final round of the event. And it's going to be in the realm of highish. With this one, there's going to be no real changes to the event itself. But, uh, you know, this is going to have the... uh, I don't think this one has any realm features. I think that this one doesn't... Oh gleaming vista, gleaming vista. No so it does, it's which uh, just means nothing.
2: Yeah yeah. Um yeah, it, but Well it's Realm of Light. It's it's the realm of light, right, on the last mission? it's it's pretty good it's uh, a yeah. strike quickly you can use this command at the start inside the combat phase if you do so pick a friendly unit within three inches of a friendly hero, 12 inches of your general and within three inches of the enemy that unit fights immediately instead of fighting later in the combat phase so it just gives you a strike yeah oh yeah hey friendly. but what i mean to hey. say is that there's no hey.
0: realmscape feature yeah. it's gleaming vista so nothing there but yes, yeah, strike quickly is going to be
2: oh yeah 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 no, and, and well, of I was course, say, the one thing with ahead, sorry,
0: uh, streaming or strike quickly is it says the unit fights immediately instead of fighting later in the combat phase. Which doesn't mean that you attack in the hero phase and then also attack in the combat phase. No, oh, just, you can use yes, the it phase, sort of the combat
2: phase. You can phase. use this at the start of the combat phase. <laughs>
1: and, and, and what I was just going to clarify is, so we have the fact that says that go first mechanics and go last mechanics counter each other. So if Slanesh comes in and makes my unit go last, I can use this command ability to make them go normal.
2: Yes. Sometimes. Or yeah, normal.
1: Normal. They would at that moment they would no longer be last, but they wouldn't yeah, be going right. at first. They would just go at normal activation.
2: And for me, if I play against Slanesh with Lord Hemdar mechanic that lets me strike first for command point, if they make me strike last, and then I make Strike quickly again. I believe I get to strike first anyway, unless they have another way to make me strike less again.
1: Oh, I see. So if you're saying if you have two strike first, wouldn't it the precedent go to the person who's it? Still, let you strike first.
2: No, it starts with uh, it starts with the basically uh, the order of operation. So his turn, he can be like Jeremy. Would you like to spend a command ability to do my large Hermdar ability to strike first? I say yes, and then he could say, Would you like to do a strike quickly command ability? No, I can say no. Then he can do his mechanic, which is strike last, which is also resolved at the start of the, com- the combat phase, which that I can do uh, strike quickly immediately Got after it. because we're still cool. at the start of the combat phase.
0: Good to know. All in all, this event does look like it is going to be really fun. And, of course, there's a, a rubric for painting, and uh, they have a whole extra judges table, too. It looks really fun. But um, focal points is going to be a real interesting final mission here, I think, especially since there's you know all these objectives are so close to each other. Um, how confident are we all for this event? Let's say scale 1 to 10. Let's go with Drawn.
1: A scale of 1 to 10. I would say that I am looking at a 9 as far as my confidence that I'm going to go have fun and have a good time. Uh, And I'll put myself at an 8 because uh, I, at the beginning of the episode, mentioned that I may have panicked and uploaded a weird list.
2: Well, since you didn't really specify the scale, I'm going to say 1. Because I'm going to use golf rules. Um. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, then my, um, my,
1: my numbers still stay the same.
2: <laughs> no, I, I think I'm going to do okay. I don't, I don't think I'm going to win it. I think I'm going to do okay. I like to talk like I'm winning it, but I know I'm going to flub it uh, towards probably the last round or so, before the last round. I'm looking forward to it, though. I'm going to have so much fun. And it's going to be nice to play against a different meta than uh, we don't, we, you know, we're in different folks that we don't play in the Pacific Northwest. By you, Alex. Depends on if I play you round one you're or not. What your scale That's the no best scale. case
0: scenario for me. Um, oh no, no, it's literally best case scenario because then it's I just, so you salt. know, I submarine it. Um,
2: well, you mean you could be en- you can end up playing Joe? There's or... a lot of no. There's a lot. Well, there's true. a couple other big names uh, coming up too.
0: I'm pretty excited uh, for me. There's the fun factor involved. Uh, I'm going to be wearing a couple of costumes, so that will be pretty fun. Those will be revealed at the event. Oh, you guys already know what they're going to be. Um, yeah, so revealing. Mm. Oh, yeah, so uh, revealing. So it'll be, it, it's always going to be a fun time. I've really enjoyed SoCal Open. The Del Mar is beautiful. Um, all in all, I'd say excitement and confidence level. I'm going to put myself at a breezy seven. You know, I went into Nova with like a nine, so that was a, not a good nice. idea. So we're gonna, we're gonna dial that down, bring it down to a seven and just see where things go. So I mean, last tournament I went to, I won, but there was also no Jeremy there. So that plays really a big role. Um, cool. Well, yeah. we're gonna see where things are and we'll be uh, posting a few things on the Facebook page. From SoCal Open, so for all of our listeners who have Facebook, be sure to check out some pictures of the event, pictures of uh, our shenanigans at play. Alex, John, and Jeremy signing off for the night. Have a good evening.
2: Winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all-the-time thing. You don't win once in a while, and you don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit.